Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode number 39 of Work Life 360. Today, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Safety Sam, and we're going to be talking about fighting for success in 2022. But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. You did it. You found it. You found us. Great. Uh, continue to join us every single week as Rhonda and I deliver great content every single Wednesday. Um, today we've got a very special guest with us, Mr. Safety Sam himself, and it's kind of the topic is just going to be about fighting for success in 2022. Uh, Sam and and Rhonda, how are we doing? Wonderful. Excited to be here today with both of you gentlemen and really excited to spend some time as we're all maybe procrastinating a little bit as we're thinking about those goals for 2022. And I know for me, I have a meeting tomorrow with my superior to go over 2021, those successes and areas where there there's some need for improvement and how best mm. to make those changes going forward in 2022. So those short-term and long-term goals. So this is a perfect time to, for lots of listeners to tap into this space with us. And I'm very fortunate to make this connection with Sam through MJ Calloway and talk about his experience as a professional boxer, as someone who has made some life transformable changes in his life and to hear how he best champion victory for himself, both in the ring and in his personal and professional life to uh, transition from a corporate world to creating his own business. He's an author and just a powerhouse for those people that have that fighter mindset. And for those people that aren't ready yet to get into the ring to maybe listen to his story and feel that they also have their own superpowers um, to fight for whatever it is that they want in their life. That's awesome. Rhonda, there's a lot of cliffhangers there. Uh, (laughs) Sam, I want to turn it over to you, brother, and just tell us your story. Tell us who you are, where you come from, like what, who made you, what, what's your, what's your story, brother? Thanks. And appreciate you both for having me here. Um, um, Great opportunity and always glad to share. A um, little bit about me is I'm I'm a guy that was raised in Alabama, <laughs> moved around the country a little bit, raised in Alabama, spent about 16 years in Ohio, um, and have been in um, Indiana since 2013. So the the base of me, the core of me, is a hard-working country boy <laughs> that learned how to do things pretty early. I mean, the the core of me is someone who started cutting grass, going door to door at 11. Um, someone who started uh, cutting hair at the age of 13, and just you know helping my mom out raise um, with us and um, buying school clothes, buying stuff for the house, and things like that. And just that survivor mentality um, is is what helped me from as a childhood I mean in my childhood all the way to now so if me I'd say a, I'd say an underdog that keeps fighting that's that's who I am <laughs> <laughs> we humans live in an environment 
where we create all these rules and policies that are often intended to be safeguards to kind of protect us or protect the greater community. And I know with your background, like safety is a big part of your role. And sometimes some of us may not have the wherewithal to even understand maybe the significance of some policies for our protections. And we may find ourselves wanting to argue policies and have the ability to make decisions for ourselves. Today, you talked offline, Sam, about truckers and the transportation industry and the different mandates, aka masks, and how those policies differ place to place. But as an expert, safety, Sam, you spent a lot of time talking with, I would imagine, individuals as well as companies about things they can do in their working lives to create an environment that's safe for everyone. And I'm just curious from your background and all of your experience, have you or how do you approach people who don't necessarily agree with the rules or may not even want to get into the ring and apply certain behaviors that are intended to increase workplace safety or even wellness in their lives in in a safe way? Um, Great question. Um, There's a few things there. Let me me back up and say in fairness, um, in safety, I've been doing now over 23 years. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and at some point, everywhere I've done have safety, where I'm talking about from an OSHA standpoint, and that's in that same area, I also cover DOT. So, you know, the, uh, my, a huge part of my background, at least for 16 years of that, was working for companies where I was the safety director. Um, and I did also managed DOT, where my, my entire goal was to make sure people made it home the same way they got to work. Uh, and so in mm-hmm. that, that's where those regulations and that's where those things, um, those apply. And, 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 you know, what's fun for me is I've done this in the, in the area where, where you talk about trucking, where I've had hazmat truckers, um, you know, all the way from, um, you know, trucking, um, taking, um, you know, construction equipment. And the thing about it is, you know, when it comes to the rules and I have I have a real simple conversation with them and remind them, and especially when we talk OSHA here for a second and we'll jump mm-hmm. to the DOT. When you look at an OSHA regulation that's out there, as much as we want to fight them and we want to lay them out there, the reality is most of the government stuff on that um, moves pretty slow. When you look at the base of those regulations, that whatever they put in place, that's where everybody was dying. That's where your fatalities mm-hmm. were. That's the reality of the, the regulations out there. And, and in fairness, when we look at it in 2021 and going into 2022, the reason we're seeing so many changes now that people don't like to see is most of these regulations were written 50 years ago. So mm-hmm. this year, for example, with OSHA was the year 50. Since year 50, when they wrote that, that entire regulation book, um, there's probably been five or six changes. So we don't operate the way we operated in 1970. We don't use the same equipment. We aren't built the same way. <laughs> you know, we don't work the same way. So that's where these changes come. Now, mm-hmm. you roll that over to you roll that over to trucking. One of the biggest things we see, and it's a fight every year, is hours of service. Now, the the reality is we we can play with it. Everybody knows about log books and double logs and all that. We're not talking there. We're talking where the numbers come is when they investigate the fatalities. Let's just like, let's be honest. Nobody's really being proactive if we want to be honest. This is reactive. Mm -hmm. So where we're seeing the changes and where we're seeing the push, that's where the deaths are coming. So not saying that the government goes about it the best way or even the right way or involves the right people. 
but at the core of it, it's trying to save the biggest, it's trying to hit the biggest number where your fatalities go. So for me, I have a conversation with that, with that, with that person. And we talk to the core of it on, you know, why are you working? Why are you driving this truck? Or why are you working on this construction site? What brought you here? Most of it is, you know, paying bills first. You know, it's family. You know, it's loved ones. And then we talk about, okay, do they not want to see you come home? Do they not, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, care that you're out here working for them? Because that's why you're following the rules. Forget who made the rule or what it's in there. If that rule's put in place, um, to get you home to those loved ones that you are actually working for, that's why we do it. So I, 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 I have a real conversation with them on, look, look, let's not like this was something that they thought of that could happen. This is what's happening, and that's mm. what they're addressing with these regulations. So you, you take a very humanistic approach when you're having these, these really significant conversations with folks. And I would imagine, I hate to generalize, but <laughs> different groups or different subgroups probably maybe dig their heels in a little, little deeper into the sand, but I like the way you dig in a little deeper to find out what is your goal? Why are you in this profession? And getting in a little bit deeper than just the money, okay, I have to pay bills, but getting into that, well, to provide for my family. Because now you take, as you mentioned, that regulation part and you separate it and it's really becomes more about the individual and protecting them and their families as people are navigating some emotions too in some very challenging times. So I like the way you relate the message in a very humanistic way. Love it. So when we when we talk about fighting for success in 2022, you know, here we are kind of the middle of December, people are trying to establish what does 2022 even look like? How are we going to accomplish it? What what has to change? Um, and, and, you know, Safety Sam, I know you've gone through some some transitional changes. Kind of talk to us about the mindset and just uh, what you've done to, to prepare yourself for success in years past. Cool. So one thing I'll throw out there again is I'm one who actually, I, I don't do New Year resolutions. Um, mm -hmm. But what I, I happen to have a birthday that's December 2nd. What I do <laughs> is December 2nd every year, I analyze the previous year from my last birthday to this current one. And I look at, you know, you know, did I did I reach goals that I wrote out the, the year before or how did the year go? What was good about it? What was bad about it? What do I want to change? And at that point, I sit down and write out what those goals are. And I'll tell you, sometimes, you know, when we think about these and people say, oh, well, you know, I'm set in life, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm 60 and I'm not looking at, you know, you know, you know, making billions or nothing like that. Even if my goals even include how many how many date nights a month with my wife. So mm -hmm. it includes how many workouts <laughs> with my kids. And, you know, and, and I try to hit those numbers. If we're at two date nights a month and I look at, man, I fell short in th three months in a row. We didn't have any. You know, I, I make the adjustments to put that on the calendar this time with with my kids, with their workouts. They're both in sports. Um, I miss too many of them because of work or something. Can I make adjustments? How can I make that adjustment to be there next time? And then my own personal goals, which weight falls into mine pretty much every year um, and then business. But I, I write them out and then I see, OK, and, and like I say, so I'm like, OK, well, you wrote this out last year. 
the, what, why didn't you get there? And then I, I go directly to writing in what I'm going to do this year to make a change there. So, you know, for people on here, you know, it that could be, hey, I want, I want to drive, you know, uh, you know, 100,000 miles with no accident. You know, how many did I drive the year before? Did I have an accident? Really analyze what happened there and what can I do to prevent that going into the next year? That's what that could be. For someone else, it could be, hey, I want to save more for, for, for a vacation. Maybe I want to take the whole December off next year how do i plan to do that to drive enough and make enough to where i can literally sit at home and chill or go on a vacation for the whole december next year so for me it's analyzing the year before and then writing out real goals and steps to get it done you know so for mm -hmm. like like with me with the with the date nights and the workouts i throw them on the calendar i'm like okay now i know the, the every other friday going into 2022 is date night you know and, and it's there and i gotta mark it off um, so that's what that's what I do is I analyze the year before and really look at what my goals are moving forward. So you mentioned, you know, date night, which is it's such an important part of a relationship. Yes, we got the business. We've got, you know, professional, personal goals. But w let me like, why is that important to you? The date night for for the same reason work is if you ask me why I'm building my business and, and why I work so hard for it, I'm going to tell you it's for my family. So my family includes the kids. It includes my wife. So it doesn't do them any good if all I'm doing is bringing a check home, but we have no relationship or or, or nothing. We aren't growing together. Um, two years go by and we're so far apart to things change then and things start to feel different. Then I feel like she only wants the check, and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so I'm, I'm making sure we stay connected even as I um, get embedded in my stuff because I with business, I can get very deep in it. And, and a side note, we talked about boxing. I train and manage pro fighters. When they have fights come up, we go into nine-week training camps, and I kind of lose it for those nine weeks, and we're in there. So if I come out of two or three training camps in a year, and we haven't had a date night or any time together, um, that connection isn't the same. Yeah, the way we relate to each other or that lack of human connection really can set us up for, as you mentioned, two years from now, turning around, and we don't even know the person that's sharing the same space with us or we've missed those growing experiences of our children. And Bruce, you have two young children and you've communicated mm -hmm. this as well. Like during your profession, your other position you had, you were working constantly. You missed those developmental years. You missed those opportunities to encourage and champion your kids in different sporting events. I'm curious, Sam, you had mentioned how weight has been a particular goal for you throughout your life. And you had shared some different experiences throughout your lifetime at a very young age that made you more mindful of the importance of your health first and foremost and not making excuses or letting other people make excuses for not prioritizing your health. So if you could just share maybe a little bit of what transpired in your life, because I know that we definitely have some listeners where their health isn't their priority and there were significant points in your life where aha you had to step back and make those adjustments on your calendar so that you prioritized your health so you could be here today as your best self so what's fun for me is i can speak on both spectrums of health i can speak on why it's important to take care of your health when you feel like um <laughs> You're at your, you know, you're at your best, best health, and then on the other end. So, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about training and, and uh, managing pro fighters. I used to be a pro fighter myself, and um, 
a couple fights before my last fight. Um, I was actually in the gym training for a fight, and, and, and boxing is a lot about mindset and, and fighting through obstacles. And I walked in the gym one day on a Wednesday and told myself, hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not leaving this gym until I do 30 rounds on the heavy bag. Um, so this is 33-minute rounds with 30-second rest in between them. <laughs> um, and so I, I remember going through the rounds, and at some point around round, round 27, I started, you know, feeling tired, you know, just feeling, mm -hmm. you know, like my, my brain is going somewhere else. Like I'm not really thinking anymore. I'm just moving, and I, I mm -hmm. started feeling my chest getting tight. It was hard to breathe. Um, but mentally, I'm telling myself, this is round 27. You got three more rounds. What if you're fighting in two weeks? And you feel this way, are you going to quit? And so I kept fighting through, kept fighting through, made it through the rounds. And I'm telling you, it barely made it through. Round 30, the bell rings to end it. I fall out in the gym. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> once they once they got me up, you know, we, we just said, man, hey, they was like, you killed it. You you, you put in great work and, and you know, you, you did your push-ups and crunches before it. I mean, I was in the gym killing it for about three and a half, four hours that day. Mm -hmm. um, Felt, just still felt sluggish, made it home, um, laid around on Thursday and didn't do much. Um, Friday, I, there was a guy fighting about an hour away from my town that I was supposed to be fighting for a title in two fights. So my wife was my girlfriend and we decided to drive there and I was going to take this fight. And so he's in, he finally's in the ring and he's fighting around. They're going back and forth and she keeps looking over at me and I got a camcorder in my hand, but it's pointing towards the floor and I'm recording the floor. She keeps like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm looking at her like, huh? I don't know. What are you talking about? Recording the fight. And I, wow. the, the camera keeps pointing towards the floor. And finally, she's like, something's wrong with you. And we decide to jump in the um, car and drive back an hour to the hospital and get checked in, go in. They run all these tests and find and be able to was able to find and pinpoint that I had actually had a mild heart attack that um, Wednesday while I was working on that heavy bag. Mm -hmm. um, and and I was in the hospital for a week. They ran me through all kind of tests, the treadmill tests and everything. My boxing license was taken for a year um, so they could finish all this test to make sure, you know, the heart and stuff, it was safe. And, and I made it through 100%, didn't have to follow up with a cardiologist. Um, to this day, I don't, do it, don't need any follow-up with my heart, don't have any issues with it. But that was because I was in basically what would be considered the best shape of my life. I was two weeks out from a fight that was leading to a title fight, so I was in great shape. Um, you fast forward, I fight another fight and I retire. Um, um, a couple few years after that, maybe 2013, I moved my family from Indiana, I mean from Ohio to Indiana for this great opportunity, this huge job. And um, six months later, I'm laid off. So I finally, I did get another job, but it's like almost half of what I moved here for. So, you know, the, we all talk about it. Most of the, in, in America live check to check. Well, if I'm getting half of what I was living check to check from, there's a big gap there. So I started my company, uh, my consultant company, and by day I'm working 10, 12 hours for another company. Nights and weekends, I'm sitting at the computer, drinking energy drinks, mm -hmm. chips, whatever, to, to keep going to make money to, to supplement my income, doing the same thing on nights and weekends. And it's going back and forth. So now I'm working a 10, 12 hour job. I'm doing spending nights and weekends um, trying to build a company really to, to supplement my in income. I am actually coaching high school rugby at the time and coaching boxing. And I took a fighter who I had moved up. It was a young lady. I got her ranked at number three in the country. Took her to a tournament in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
um, to qualify for the Olympic team. And she was in round three of her fight. And if you ever watch boxing, you know, the trainers get in the round in between um, in between mm -hmm. the um, uh, rounds. They get in the ring and give directions. I got in the ring, gave her directions. And this is a fight that was televised on YouTube, national TV, overseas, everywhere. And um, as I'm getting out of the ring... <laughs> Um, at um, to you know start the third round, my gut gets caught on the rope, <laughs> oh. breaks the rope, and, and pauses the fight for 18 minutes while you have to fix the rope. And the thing about it was for me because I'm so busy, I'm so I'm moving so much. I'm even I'm, with the rugby team. I'm out here running with with my fighters. I'm in the gym doing mitts. I'm sweating. I'm moving. I didn't realize I had got to 418 pounds. When I explained to you 418 pounds, you got to understand the fight I just told you about when I had the heart attack on the heavy bag. I was 168 pounds. <laughs> That's how much I blew up, and I didn't even realize it because I, I didn't have like any you know any movement or anything like that, um, any issues with it. Um, but the one of the first things that when that hit me, I looked back and I thought about man again. Here you go working this job. Um, you're building the company. You're doing all this that you say to say, um, to be here for your family. You won't be here for your family that long at this size. And the reason why is the only reason you survived the first heart attack was how great a shape you were in. If you had that heart attack today, buddy, you wouldn't you would not survive. And that's right there where I changed. And it took me over the next year and a half. I lost 100 pounds. Um, I started working. I put together a program, and and it sound and I'm fast forwarding when I tell you this hundred pounds. I, I I will admit and tell you it was not easy. I, during the time of losing the weight is when I started having all my injuries. <laughs> when I was coaching, I didn't have any. During all of a sudden, I started caring about my health and my weight, and I had a knee go out. I had ankles, um, both ankles messed up on me. Back issue, almost needed shoulder surgery. Back issue again, then the other knee, and all these obstacles kept coming. And then I would have people around me was like, you know, it's okay. You're trying. You're doing good. And I would tell them, don't make any excuses for me. I, I would not accept excuses because those excuses would have kept me there. Mm -hmm. Those excuses would have led to my, my death or my fatality, as we talk about the regulations earlier. That, those excuses would have let me there. So every time they put them out there and would tell me, you know, you're trying, it's just some, something stacked against you. You, you should be losing the weight with all your effort. I, I couldn't even keep it up with you. And they would, you know, pat me on the back. And I'd be like, hey, thanks for that. But don't make an excuse for me. I'll be at the gym tomorrow. This leg right here doesn't work. This leg doesn't work. But I can work upper body tomorrow and I'll be in there. And that it was it was just me wanting to be here. If I if I'm doing all this for my family, if I if I do all that and then it just cuts off instantly because I'm not here anymore, then what was the point? Right. Um, so that's that was one of the you know, again, another life changing thing for me. And even now, and when I tell you that I'm I'm even now working on another 40 pounds to lose. The, the hundred was just to get to, was was just the start of it. Um, but it's another 40, 45 has to go now. And I'm dealing with the same thing where I'm two and three months of had lost a pound. And again, it's it's it. it, it schedule jumps in the way, you know, something else jumps in there. You know, you can plan, a, um, somebody said before, you can plan a pretty, pretty picnic, but you can't protect, predict the weather. And mm -hmm. so <laughs> I laid it out nice on paper, but these obstacles come and that to me is what I'm, what I'm finding and what I learned, my growth and my, my ability to keep going is in the fact that every time one of those jump in front of me, I fight it. 
It makes the next one easier to fight and the next one easier to fight. They don't stop coming. It doesn't, people say, you know, it, we don't, it doesn't get easier, you get stronger. And that's, you know, why I'm still here right now. There's a lot of good in there. There's a lot of, a lot of good takeaways, you know. So looking at 2022, people are sitting there, they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, fighting for 2022, that's great. Awesome motivational story. You had a clear vision and you still have a clear vision of what it looks like to obtain that weight loss, right? You set a goal, you are emotionally connected. So you have an emotional connection to those goals. Therefore, when when the going gets tough, when those obstacles come, you're able to go through or around those obstacles to make sure that you're still obtaining your goal. And when we talk about setting goals, whatever your goal is, whatever big thing that you wanna accomplish in your life in 2022, in the next six months, the next week, whatever that goal is, Let's call it Los Angeles. We're going to take a long road trip, right? We're going to cross the country. That is the goal. Whatever your goal is. So your, your goal right now, Sam, is to lose 40 pounds. That's your Los Angeles. So your vehicle, your car, is your motivation, your mindset, your nutritionist, your schedule, your, your family. And there's things that are going to come up that's going to get in the way of that. Having a vision of how we're going to get there is super important. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know what it's going to take to get to where you need to go? So having a clear vision of what does it actually mean to lose 40 pounds? What obstacles are going to be there? What do you have to face? And then how are you going to overcome them? Whatever your Los Angeles is, that's your goal. Find a support system, create a support system, and and learn to live into your vision, not drive in a fog storm. Most people are in a fog storm. I think, too, it's important to understand or accept that, as Sam alluded to, it's a lifelong journey. There's going to be obstacles along Mm -hmm. the way. And trying to enjoy the process when we fall on our face or we stumble out of the ring and allowing space to stand up, dust ourselves off, and move forward. Having those contingency plans in place. Sam, what would you say to folks listening? Like, who are the people that you assemble on your team with you as the leader so that those folks that are maybe trying to make this journey could be a weight loss journey in our industry that's a huge deal we have a lot of bodies that are very sedentary and very stricken by stress and they have a hard time understanding the significance of their health and well-being so who would you say for these folks to surround themselves for support so they can stand up successfully so so good question i i i i'll be honest which in to truckers, they can can relate to this. A lot of a lot of what I do is 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 me and me. So my favorite mm-hmm. sports was bo- is boxing and track. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I'll tell you where I do get support from is I do a lot of um, 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 reading. And when I say reading for everybody, I'm talking to listening books these days. <laughs> Listen to books yep. these days. But um, <laughs> on stuff that's reminders of you know it's possible. So, you know, you know, one of them right now I'm re-listening to is the story of, of, of Roger um, 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 Bannister. And, you know, and, it, and it's one of those reminders that it's possible and the quick thing of him. And he's he's the first person that broke a four minute mile um, mm-hmm. before him. Everybody thought, you know, you, you had to be insane or a robot or own juice or something um, to get anywhere near it. And he broke it. He broke it. He got a, a mile in under four minutes. The next week, four other people did it. 
<laughs> so, you know, one of those things that I do in these days of social media is I'll tell you, even with my weight loss and stuff, I'll jump on there and, and follow people that look the way I look now or look, used to look the way I look now mm-hmm. and look the way I want to. One of them on there, I used to follow the dancing trucker on there. I'm sure people have seen his videos, but he's the dancing trucker on there. He gets on and um, drives to different cities and pops out and dances with people in the <laughs> at random stores. You know, um, but so for me, it's 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 simple because it, it has to be tailored to me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm one of those where I, I, I don't just listen to everybody. So they, they've got either either been where I'm where I, um, I've been or are where I want to go. And so that's that's what I use these these days. You know, my family, don't get me wrong. My family is a is a huge support is a huge support. I mean, they they back everything I do. But a lot of it is um, the, the, the mental part of it. And the reason I say that is when um, just as easy as I've had support groups, those same support groups um, don't always know how to support towards the goals. And I'm not going to say that not in a bad way. They're there to comfort sometimes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when I, you know, when I, you know, and I messed my knee up, everybody was there to pat me on the back and, Oh, go ahead and sit down. And my mind was like, shoot, I'm gonna gain 20 pounds in, in a week. If I sit down, <laughs> I don't need that kind of support. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and just, so that's just me being honest, but I do, I do listen to a lot of books that keep me motivated and more than anything, I'm, I, it's, not even that the motivation it's things that can remind me that it's possible you know long as i know it's possible and that's what was just said i can keep moving forward and and my because my part two is even i tell myself is like you said um, fall in love with the process i tell myself trust the process you know trust that this injury that i got right now is gonna make me stronger for something else like when this leg comes back it's gonna be strong as heck you know um um, so my, my, I really just, you know, try to dive into stuff that keeps me positive more than anything in a positive mindset so I can keep pushing through. Cool. Awesome, Sam. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. And thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, guys, that concludes our episode of Work Life 360. I hope you guys found some tips, tricks, and techniques to really set yourself up for 2021. Uh, remember, identify your Los Angeles and don't drive in the fog storm. Roger that, Bruce. Safety Sam, thank you so much. Thank you both for having me and all the listeners. Thank you for listening. Um, Kill it next year. Keep going. Keep growing. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Have a great day, everybody. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.